This is Top Floor, episode 29. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 29. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast right up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. One of the surprising things I've learned in the course of creating Top Floor is how so many people in our industry, whether they're beverage people, hotel people, event people, food people, real estate people, so many hospitality folks are multi-passionate creatives. Today's guest is no different. Mark Elliott is perhaps best known in hospitality circles as an event designer and producer, but he moves in many, many other circles as a composer, singer, and novelist. After nearly 15 years as part of the in-house design company for the Waldorf Astoria, Mark founded Swoop, his event design, decor, production, and planning company in New York City. Affiliated with Cipriani, Swoop creates over-the-top celebrations and high-profile events, as well as a completely mesmerizing time-lapse video of installing wedding decor that's on their website right now that you have to check out. It's fascinating to watch. Today, Mark and I are going to talk about how to harness creativity despite or perhaps because of outside constraints. But before we jump in, we need to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for hospitality professionals who have burning marketing questions. If you'd like to submit a question, you can call or text me at 850-404-9630. Today's question was submitted by Mario, and he asks, is it still on trend to incorporate the Pantone color of the year into events? Suggestions for Very Perry. So I looked Very Perry up, which is the Pantone color of the year for 2022, and it's sort of like this bluey, violety, sort of a bruise color, to be honest with you. So what do you think, Mark? Is that still on trend to do? You know, it's it's on trend to do. Uh, I'll call it, you know, lavender, shades of purple, blue. But I, I would say that everything is guided by an individual preference, not necessarily the time of year. And most importantly, what reflects best for the event that you're designing. The nice part about color is it does bring in warmth and that Pantone of the year, so to speak, is a warm color, but it really is, is, you know, predicated by the design wish aesthetic. Got it. I think the thing I would add for Mario is that when you've got something that gets a lot of press coverage, like the Pantone color of the year, it's sometimes a good marketing move to incorporate it. Even if you never put out an event that's designed in that color, that that gives you something to talk about in your marketing in the first quarter, which is usually a very boring time. And by the way, you can tell Mario, if you are doing that color, the best flower to use is the Vanda orchid because it's spectacular. 
Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. I'll link it in the show notes so our listeners can see what we're talking about. So Mark, if I talk about all of the interesting things you've done in your life, this episode is going to be 26 hours long. So I'm going to start with your time at Waldorf Astoria. Can you tell us about the experience of walking through those doors in 2002? So my experience at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City was probably if not the greatest, one of the greatest experiences in my life. On my way to the Waldorf that very first day, March 17th, I can't, um, actually March 16th, I can't tell you how many times I turned around as if not to go. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was going to be a new affiliation. And, you know, no matter how confident or cocky you might be, fear does enter into everything. But, you know, when I walked through the doors, it became, at that moment, and really f- for the rest of my life, one of the most magical places I would ever be in. It, it, it's just a, forget about the fact that it was the heart and soul of New York, but the, the experience, the education, the people, the relationships that just came about from that affiliation, they'll be with me for a lifetime. What is one of the most memorable events that you created at the Waldorf? This can be because it was very decadent or very prestigious or even just very strange. <laughs> well, the, 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 I, I think one of the strangest events was we had done, uh, I'm not really sure of the year, but we had done a uh, a wedding decor, recarpeted the entire ballroom, and for the after party in one of the cocktail rooms, we had decided to bring in uh, a Rolls Royce. The Rolls Royce, as it was measured, would fit into the loading dock elevator. It made it by that much (laughs) (laughs) a white phantom rolls royce it was spectacular i want to say it was like 1940 something and it and it literally made it in the elevator by that much oh my gosh were you sweating to see if it would because i knew it would fit but i didn't Uh want to damage the car (laughs) did you get to sit in it got to sit in it but the best picture was the i'll call it the baby brother of the bride who, you know, at the time, I guess he was, you know, nine or 10 or 11. And there he was in the, you know, in the driver's oh, that's seat cool. coming out of the elevator. It was I love of- it. I love it. Let me ask you a question about something you said, the recarpeting. How often does that happen in your world? It's It's one of those things that I feel like I hear about for like, you know, multi-bazillionaires who come and they're like, get rid of this carpet and give me new carpet. But I haven't ever really thought about it for events. Well, you know, the, the thing about carpeting and the carpets that exist in the various ballrooms in New York, they're all beautiful, but they're all busy. And they all follow a certain motif. And they're busy to hide dirt, to go with the color. I mean, I get it. But whether it's an event for Allianz at the Waldorf, and it's a black and white event, a, a burgundy and gold carpet doesn't work. Is a distraction. Got it. You need to flush out the palette so it then becomes that 
blank canvas, whether that's black for that particular event, whether it's ivory. A few weeks ago, uh, I did an event at Gotham Hall, and it was a, a winter wonderland. The black and gold carpet doesn't work. We <laughs> recarpeted the entire place. Oh, wow. So it, it happens more often than you would think. And oddly enough, it's not as expensive as you would think. That is surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the biggest hassle is not the carpet itself. It's the install and the strike. And do you just lay it over the existing you carpet? Lay it over, well, okay. th- th- there's a, 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 I'll call it a, a, a multi-layer process, <laughs> but you literally lay it over the existing carpet. Huh, that is so interesting. I've done it several times. The first time I was, <laughs> I'll call it, I was a little nervous, but not so bad. So... How do you think that the fact that you're a musician influences the way that you guide musical choices or entertainment for events? You know, because of my music background, the entertainment choices for events are difficult for me because my preference for music is jazz, is standards, you know, old school Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, that kind of thing. And while that's great for cocktails and while that's great for certain events, it doesn't always fly for most events. However, when I design an event, I think about a crescendo. I think about uh, a decrescendo. I think about how the decor has to constantly rise and and flow like a beautiful like a beautiful song like a like like a concert so uh that's more of of where my music and design kind of meet and and feed each other that's interesting so it's almost like the event is a composition in and of itself the event is is a composition and i and i think i believe i should say that if, if you spoke to designers and, and you put it in a, ask that question in a musical way, I, I think they would all go, huh, yeah. Because it, it starts off at cocktails. It starts off at escort. It's ceremony. It flows. It's almost like it's being conducted. That's really interesting. And, and, and I've always felt that. Always. When you started Swoop, you obviously could not predict that there was a global pandemic right around the corner that would put the brakes on live events for a couple of years. Can you reflect a little bit about on what that time was like for you and for your company? Well, uh, yes, I can. And, and <laughs> if you and want to, to say, if you don't want to relive it, <laughs> no, we can I, move I, on. But no, you know what? Again, now that it's literally tomorrow would be two years from the date that I was sitting with the then-retired executive director of the Waldorf at a restaurant on, on, on Vanderbilt in, in New York City. We're in a Greek restaurant. We walked into this restaurant, and it's usually packed. We were there for lunch. There were six people in the restaurant. We sat down. It was late. It was about 2.30, 3 o'clock. Everything was still, I'm going to use the word, the, the phrase, sort of okay. The wine comes. All of a sudden, the governor comes on the, the TV. 
and says all events, blah, 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 for everything is now shut down. And we just looked at each other basically in shock. By the time I got back to the office, the world was ending. It was Armageddon. So I, I can say this. I must know at least a thousand people, whether it be in design, whether it be in hospitality, whether it be in catering, whether it be in rentals. And we were all prepared for many things. I've lived through the 87 market crash. I've lived through the, the market crashes in the 90s. I've lived through 9-11. I've lived through the economic crash in 2008. This was very different. There was no way to know that an entire world, not industry, would be shut down. And everybody thought, oh, and, and I have, and I do a lot of events for various hospitals in New York, big events, big fundraisers. And I reached out to, to uh, the senior vice president of one of them. And she said to me, well, everybody thinks that this is going to be over by, by April, May. We believe it'll be over by June. So she's talking of June of 20. Literally that afternoon, and this was maybe March 12th, 13th, I'm on the phone with one of my colleagues and another guy who owns a, a major lighting company. And he's saying, and we're all like having this a Zoom cocktail. <laughs> you know? Yes. And, and he's saying to me, well, everything should be back by March of 21. Dead silence. What do you mean March of 21? So just to make this all short, I was prepared for many things in my life. I wasn't prepared for a total shutdown of everything that everybody knew. Restaurants. I mean, the first time I walked into CVS to get gloves and masks and nail polish remover for my <laughs> wife because she wouldn't go out, I, I literally started to cry. And I'm going to cry now because it, I was waiting online to go to get food. This is America. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm an emotional guy, but it was, it, it, it was eye-opening to find out and to realize what's most important because it's not the hospitality industry and it's not the restaurants. It's the people. My heart just went out to everybody that didn't have the wherewithal. Or didn't know if they would. No. And, but, but, you know, everybody, what, what I've noticed from one end of the spectrum to the other was how resilient and how positive people, yes, frustrated, but when I look back at it now, it might have been the best time. And that's an odd thing. I'm sorry, I'm going to go again. But that's an odd thing to say. But you realize what's important. I, I, there have been so many times that a small, maybe medium part of me has wished that... Not that we could go back to the scariness, but that we could go back to the resilience and creativity 
when people were in lockdown and coming up with these hilarious and entertaining and creative ways to occupy their time. We did so many insane things. Like my husband and I both own our own businesses. So for Christmas, we had two holiday parties in our house. And we walked out our front door, walked around the house, walked in the back door to go to the first Christmas party for my company. And then we left and went the opposite way to go to the second Christmas party for his. I mean, just the stuff like that, that we would never have conceived of doing something like that had we not been like trying to make ourselves happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, uh, you know, uh, again, there there were just so many things I can't, I mean, there there were so many things that you had to do, whether it was long walks. I mean, I, I, you know, on my music side, I took the opportunity to literally uh, create and write and learn, you know, 25, 30 new charts but you know, I, I have a we, we have a, a Cavapoo. Uh, she her name is Billy, and I I never wanted a dog. Absolutely not. We're never home. Blah 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 blah. And then the pandemic. You got a pandemic puppy. We got a dog, <laughs> and honestly, she's one of the greatest joys in my life. She follows us everywhere. She's attached <laughs> to my my wife at the hip, you know. But like right now, if I'm if my wife's not around, she follows me, you know. So I ran out of excuses. <laughs> I completely understand. I love that. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Mark Elliott describes how he performed a few different last minute miracles and explains how to catch the creative breeze. Be right back. I had so much fun recording loading dock stories at Hunter, and you'll get to hear them in a couple of weeks. If you missed the conference this year, mark your calendars now for the 34th Hunter Hotel Investment Conference, taking place March 21st through 23rd, 2023, at the Atlanta Marriott Marquis. Visit hunterconference.com for more information. I've talked on this show before about my early days as an off-premise caterer and event planner. That was kind of my first grown-up job. And the thing that I always think about from those days is truly every day, there are just miracles that you have to perform or things that you have to pull off or pull together that you never, ever, ever expected would happen. (laughs) Like I remember heating demi-gloss in a coffee pot at an office building because they locked us out of the staging kitchen, you know, like that kind of stuff. There's just something to me about that in the moment problem solving that is very gratifying, maybe very addictive to certain personality types like mine. (laughs) So aside from seeing the beautiful finished product, what are a couple of things that you love the most about the event business? Well, I, I love the impossible. I, I, I love, you know, when, when, when a client comes over to you at four o'clock in the afternoon and the guest of honor hates the flatware at the venue, hates the flatware. I have 600 guests coming at 6 (laughs) PM. I like, I smile. I take a deep breath. 
no problem. I make a call. It's there in an hour. Wow. You know, or the carpet that you ordered that was supposed to show up at 11 o'clock for the entrance, you know, everybody thought it was there. It's not there. Sure enough, five o'clock, it's there. It's down. Nobody's any of the wiser. <laughs> I, I love those, those last minute calls. I love those last minute lighting changes. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I won't use any names. I'm standing on the, on the stage of the Waldorf Astoria. Uh, we had recarpeted the entire ballroom. My client, the guy that I have to report to, and it's a huge event. So I'm standing on the stage. He's in front of me. The executive director is to my left. And he's flipping out because the president of the hospital, he's trying not to flip out. The president of the hospital is a walk in and he's not going to like the, the, the lighting in the room. And I'm, I'm trying to, with a smile on my face, trying to tell the client that it's not the lighting. It's the two 12-foot screens that have the white background. And he's looking at me kind of like you're looking at me, not, yeah, really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I yell up to the, to the booth because I've been watching the, the, the slide presentation. And I, and I say, hey, Jeff, do me a favor. Just bring me back the second slide, the black screen. He turns it on. He goes to the black screen. The room is effing gorgeous. To this day, and that was probably 10 years ago, to this day, we talk about that moment. Because that <laughs> was one of those moments that I either lose a client and the Waldorf for the rest of my life, or I gain the client. <laughs> you know? So, so you know, but I love those, those last-minute things. I always have. I, I think that's when you find out what you're really made of. Yes. Because anybody can just give up. And I do, you know, again, not, not to bring my music into it, but I do the same thing in the, in the studio. You know, the work is being confident enough and, and, and having the talent to finish, whether it's music, decor, what have you. But that was the work that got you there. The, 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 the fly on your own, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I have a motto and it's, yes is the answer. What's the question? You know, and most of the <laughs> it's time, a great it should, motto. yeah, but most of the time it should be, what are you out of your f- mind? <laughs> you know, but, but really it's, yes is the answer. What's the question? Okay. So here's a question that you may want to apply that motto to. Are there any trends or practices that have come out of the pandemic that you think will become a permanent part of the way events will be done or that you wish would go away? You know, the, the only thing I, I wish that it would go away is, you know, for 35 years, I was able to pick up the phone, blah, 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 click, an hour later, I had it. Whatever that it was. Now, between companies that didn't survive the the pandemic supply chain issues labor issues trucking issues you you know that that yes is the answer what's the question <laughs> has become you know a very challenging thing to 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 do because 
I could have somebody, if, whatever I need, they could have it, but they can't get it to me. So, you know, uh, it, it's just, you know, I, I wish that would go away. I was going to ask you about supply chain and how that has impacted you. And it sounds like the, is it the transportation more or the availability of goods? In my world, it's really, well, it depends. It it depends on kind of what you're looking for. But if you're looking for, you know, things that have to be shipped from overseas, yes, that's an issue. But most of the time, you know, it's, it's a trucking and delivery and, and labor issue Many years ago, I did, Patek Philippe did a a museum watch show at Cipriani 42nd Street. And it was a 10-day install and a 10-day event. Wow. It it wound up being, uh, I'll, I'll call it a white elephant. But literally, so it's supposed to open up at nine o'clock and, and we, they, they literally built a museum within the space. Late afternoon, the day before it's supposed to open, the president of Patek Philippe comes over to me and he says, what can I do here? What can I do there? And and there were like 10 different places. So this is back, I want to say it was 2017. We sent six trucks out in seven different directions (laughs) and got, I don't know, 300 various potted trees, blah, blah, blah. They came, they done, we worked overnight, perfect. I question whether or not if somebody called me today, if I could make that happen for tomorrow morning. Understood. And do you think that this is a permanent state of affairs or do you think it's it's a temporary hiccup? Well, I think it's a temporary thing at, at this moment. So I... I I, 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 I hope it's temporary. I, I don't think that, again, once everybody comes back to work and once everybody's fully staffed, you know, I guess everybody's still going to wonder, could this happen again? But I, I think the good news about America is we have very short memories and we will move forward regardless. So I'm hoping that it's, it's just a, a, a blip in the life of, of business. As you know, we like to make sure that our listeners come away from each episode of Top Floor with a couple of very practical, tangible tips to try either in their businesses or their personal lives. For these, I'm going to talk mostly about creativity because I think you are sort of a living, breathing example of how creativity works in the world and in business. So the first time you and I talked, Mark, we, you described to me the creative breeze. Can you share that now and maybe give us a tip or two about how we can harness the creative breeze? You know, and it's funny because I, 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 I always talk about that. And the other night, I'm working on this, this major event for the end of June. We're building 25,000 square feet of venue. I'm designing it. And the design that I'm working on with uh, the head of my graphics team, I I get the presentation and I'm, what? (laughs) I hate it. And I created it. And I hate it. And I'm walking. So I I decide, you know what, this is bullshit. 
I just started to walk. And this is, I want to say it's about 5.30 in the afternoon. It was Tuesday. I must have walked till 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Looking in windows, walking to the park, walking on Madison, on 5th, looking at colors. The breeze is there. You just have to put in the work and be aware enough to catch it when it literally blows by you. That, you know, I'm going to read you a quote. I have this list of things I keep on my phone. And I'm going to read you a quote because I think it's just, you know, you have to fight for what you believe in. You have to chase after your dreams. And nothing is ever going to be given to you. You're not going to get the results if you don't put in the work. But at the end of the day, if you do all of that, you'll feel the breeze. I love that so much. I'm so, it's so inspiring to me and it gives me chills. When I started my hospitality career, I thought I was doing that until my real career of creativity began. (laughs) Many, many years later, I never left the hotel business hospitality, but I figured out a way to add creativity to my work. You, of course, have maintained a variety of creative pursuits. Your day job is creative, but you also compose and perform music. You've written a novel. What advice would you give to someone who feels torn between a creative field and a more typical 9 to 5 job? I think you have to do what I I don't think I necessarily did. I think you have to pursue your passion because at the end of the day, when it's all over, you don't want to say shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, you you want, I'm sorry, I'm an emotional guy. Here I go again. You know, you want to be able to, to give everything you have in what you do in life, whether it's what you do for a living whether it's what you do at home, whether it's what you do for yourself. And the only way you can have no regrets is to give it everything you have. And, you know, when I do an event or when I'm finished in a recording studio or I do a show and I step out, I'm dead. I got nothing left. And that's the way it should be. You leave it all in the room. So my advice, pursue your passion. The rest will follow. That is wonderful advice. I agree wholeheartedly. We're going to now start the magical portion of the show when we pull out our crystal balls and predict the future, maybe wave our magic wands a little bit and change things. So... What is a prediction that you have about the events business? You know, I, I think the events business will always be there. I think there's several levels. I think the high-end event business, fundraisers, galas, I don't see that stopping. As a matter of fact, coming out of the pandemic, I see it actually flourishing. Uh, 
and that's really the need for wanting to be with people and wanting to see their smiles and 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 see their oohs and ahs because the whole virtual thing while it it was a necessary evil there was no connection so i i think the event business will flourish i think everybody will have an eyebrow raised the next time you know anybody mentions the word endemic or pandemic uh, uh because it can happen i was prepared i was prepared for many things in my life <laughs> not for that <laughs> so so but i i think the event business will find and like like every business those who pivot evolve will do great and those who don't may not but that kind of goes for everything so what's next for you and what's next for your company what's next for me is designing events thinking as far out of the box or as far out of my comfort zone as possible i i would like to concentrate more on i i call them projects rather than the day-to-day i find that i enjoy being in the trench in, in the multiple trenches but as i'm getting older the the minutia of the day-to-day the insurance the trucks the nonsense the i i that that's it, it it's bothering me more and more so i, I would like to just design and produce because i love game day i love the week of game day uh but i think that uh, the, the the day-to-day of it the smaller events i i think there's a fork in the road for me coming and that's good that's evolving okay folks before we tell mark goodbye we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told going down mark what is a story that you would only tell me on the loading dock well the best one and there are several <laughs> is I'm producing two different events, one in St. John and one in New York City. So I have, you know, two spectacular crews, no big deal. We get to the event in New York City, and the event is on the 57th floor. And I have to say that because when we were in the loading dock of that building and measured the elevator, the tables that we had built just for this event fit in the elevator. However, that elevator was out of service. Oh my. Exactly. I'm in St. John. What am I going to do? So we have these four, we have eight four by ten four foot wide by ten foot tables that have to get up to the 57th floor you're not and they weigh a ton my production lead who was at the time only with me for 25 years (laughs) you know he's outside he's smoking a stick and he looks across the street he sees a construction crew he goes over to the construction crew 
and borrows their buzzsaw. He literally cut these custom tables in half, got them up in the second service elevator. Somebody else went to a lumber yard, bought braces so we could put the tables back together once they got upstairs. No one was any <laughs> the wiser. That is amazing. So since we're not on video for this show, I just need people to know that I am having a full-on panic attack right now. I'm sweating. You, I, I'm, I'm in St. John. My event is done. I'm having a cocktail. I'm sitting on the beach. And what, I, I, what do you want me to do? What can you do? Oh, wow. That is and so it, amazing. And it also turns out that the person we were doing the job for was somebody that I, and she has recently passed away, somebody at the time I knew for 20 some odd years and she was no one was any the wiser wow that is an amazing story (laughs) mark elliott thank you so much for being here i know that our listeners loved your stories as much as i did and i really appreciate you riding up to the top floor and i'm glad we didn't have to cut anything in half to fit into this elevator (laughs) (laughs) that was good Uh, it was my pleasure Thanks so much for listening today. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 29. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 